Well, at long last, here is an episode of the Let's Go Eat Show. Hi. Where have you been? I, you know, I've been uh, I've been out and about and around and about and busy. I don't know how long it's been since we've done an episode, and I'm sorry for that. I, I am. I've, I've been busy. Uh, I've had some, uh, I had a little kind of a surgical procedure. Uh, just, I've had shit going on, okay? But here we are. It is the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, hi, I'm Bill. And... Uh, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, uh, not a not an old friend, but a, an acquaintance of mine. Her name is Mia Tate. Uh, she uh, I've acted with Mia Tate in a movie directed by uh, Trent Harris called uh, Welcome to the Rubber Room. And uh, I found uh, Mia to be we had a couple of scenes together in that movie. And I found Mia to be a, a very nice, uh, well, f- fine, wonderful person. Uh, there she is sneaking back into the studio as I'm trying to record this damn intro. Let her sneak into the studio. That's fine. Which I'm just trying. She what? So we'll edit this part out. Oh, she's she's come back because she wants a goddamn photo. Okay. Do, should I stand up for that? Yes. Okay. We'll edit this part out. <laughs> Sorry, I okay. forgot you're doing that part. That's all right. We won't we won't edit this out at all. This is all. <laughs> this will all be part of the intro. Yeah, I don't edit this show. Yeah, uh, no editing on this show. Goodbye, Mia. Uh, so anyway, uh, she's, I, I really like her. She's, very charming. She is very charming. So uh, anyway, uh, you're going to be hearing an interview with Mia Tate about a movie she's directed, and we'll get to that. But first, let me tell you that the Let's Go Eat show is sponsored by our good friends. Well, it's sponsored by our good friends at uh, uh, PC, PC Laptops. laptops yeah. Because, yeah, PC Laptops. The show is created and produced on a PC Laptops computer. And I do sometimes edit it on a PC Laptops uh, computer. New computers are starting at just seven ninety nine at PC Laptops. PC Laptops, we love you. Now, I'd also like to tell you yes. that uh, you will hear uh, some swear words on this episode. Just, what? It's just a, a warning. There's there's uh, there's some adult content. Was it me? Did I swear? I don't know. I did. Oh. There will be adult content on the uh, Let's Go Eat show. Yes. And also, I should tell you that uh, 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 the opinions expressed on the Let's Go Eat show are not the opinions necessarily of the sponsors of the Let's Go Eat show. They're my opinions, and they're the opinions of the guests, not the sponsors. Now, sometimes we have opinions that the sponsors would say, yeah, I, I think that too. But a lot of times we have opinions and the sponsors will say, no, no, that's not us. No, not at all. Okay. It's the world's longest legal disclaimer. Yeah, I want to make that clear. Let's go Icho, home of the world's longest disclaimer. Absolutely. And now, and now, without further ado, because there's been way too much ado, the Let's Go Icho presents Mia Tate. Anyway. And then uh, I called him back just recently and left him a message, but apparently he didn't get it. I just told him that. I said, I called you back a couple of weeks ago. I know it was a long time. He said, uh, you did? Huh. Well, I made another movie. <laughs> I said, really? I think it's uh, short, isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know. No, Look. yeah. I thought it was, I thought I talked to him about it. I thought it was shorts that... He was turning into three episodes or multiple episodes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Anyway. And with him, it could change from week to week know. on what. I know. That's so the beauty of it. So make sure, pull that nice and close. I didn't, uh, I, I remember, uh, so welcome to the rubber room. And then I, 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 I didn't, when I finally saw the finished thing, I, it was, it was a different movie than I thought it was or, you know, and. 
Well, if you recall, we didn't really know what <laughs> Yeah. We were like, is this our last scene? We don't, we're not sure Mm-mm. when we were doing our volcano scene. Yeah. I didn't, had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Davy said, and now I'm out of money. So this movie's really over. Yeah. And that was the end. Okay. Which is the case. So we'll just, uh, we'll just. Uh, How does this work? Do you guys stop at all or is it just ongoing No, we chat? just, uh, as a matter of fact, we're already, this is already, already the show. Oh, this is already the well, show. Though. There are no rules here. No, it's uh, just uh, it's just the let's go eat show. And sometimes we eat and sometimes we don't. And in this case, we're not eating. Actually, I had some. You want? I mean, we could give do you. you wanna, do you want a Butterfingers? Some ha- you want I some, have Halloween some leftover candy? Halloween candy? Mm, Snickers. Uh, uh, I'll go be. get the thing. Why don't you go look? So so uh, we're we're talking to Mia Tate, who um, has directed a movie and. Um, uh, and it's and it's. Uh, I've seen the trailer for the movie, and I am convinced just based on the trailer, which you probably shouldn't do. Here's a bucket of candy for you, Mia. Ooh. They're mostly. They're, guess Butterfingers aren't popular. No, neither are Baby Ruth, Baby and Ruth. I love those. There's That's a good. Hershey. No, I'm good. Um, the nuts. You yeah. shouldn't judge a movie by the trailer usually, but I am convinced by seeing the trailer to this movie that you've directed, Campesino, that it is an excellent movie. Hmm. Thank you. I. The trailer was important. Uh, it doesn't tell much about the story, but I wanted people to see visually, just to, just get a second of the visual. And that's all I needed. And that was, because that yep. was the beauty and just, ugh, that uh, was the best part. The uh, this Is this the first thing you've directed? Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty uh, ballsy move to uh, go to Cuba, <laughs> Mia's eyes just crossed, <laughs> to go to Cuba and say, you know, say, I'm going to Cuba and I'm going to direct a movie, a documentary about... Uh, a Cuban uh, peasants, I guess, pe- peasants, mm-hmm. farmers, farmers, uh, and uh, a documentary about these people, and uh, and and show it to the world, and it's going to be good. <sighs> Where'd you find the guts to do that? I get really gutsy when I get an idea. It's like I jump. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted. There was another documentary I was working on, and I was trying to get access to a really hard company, and I was working on it for about a year, and then I when the embargo was lifting i thought now's the time to go, go to go get the stories behind these photographs that i'd been looking for so within a month i just put the crew together you know i think when you say when by the way when you say the embargo people don't know what you mean probably oh just that when we we weren't allowed to go to cuba and obama yeah. had sanctioned relationships that we could and you know it was a whole new world opening up there are no you know Americans in Cuba. It's weird to go somewhere for me. It was interesting to I go mean, somewhere. You could go to Cuba. There were people who did. Yes, and Carl did. He, but you sneak in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not catered <laughs> for Americans, and we, and that's unusual mm-hmm. in this day and age. Sadly. Oh, you, uh, you, by that you mean that that uh, that that they don't say, "Oh, you're Americans. Thank you for coming no, here." No, I mean, but they love. Americans. Carl went once to an anti-American rally. Carl's your brother-in-law. Right. And the subject of the film, you know, it's his photographs that inspired Campesino that introduced us to this cast of characters. He went to an anti-American rally in Cuba? Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, he would kind of just jump in the parade and join it and take photographs. (laughs) That's just kind of his way. Mm -hmm. And he would people would say where are you from and he would say american they'd be like we love america well then why are you (laughs) 
it's just the contradiction. Having an anti-American rally. Well, well government yeah. said so. Well, they said we should do it, so here we are. Mm-hmm. When you sneak into Cuba, does yeah. I mean, are you like at night you're like no. hiking or you just fly in from you a just, different you, country? You just go from Mexico. Okay. Mexico. It, there are, or there are pl- other ways. There are plenty of countries who don't have any restrictions about flying to right. going to Cuba. They don't want to look at your passport. They won't they don't stamp your passport. They won't stamp it. So I have one stamp, you know, from three shoots in Cuba. And it was very exciting the last time. They looked at me and they gave me a little smile and said, do you want us to stamp your passport? And it was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I <laughs> when I, I remember going to London and, uh, and uh, buying a Cuban cigar, buying Cuban cigars and smoking them in London. Mm-hmm. And I had one left. And when I went to come back to the United States, I was paranoid and I didn't, I didn't bring it back. <laughs> Which nobody would have given a shit if I'd... I got a bunch taken away mm. once. Did you? Because I would bring home buckets, mm-hmm. you know. And all they would do is just take them away. It's not like they were going to throw me in jail for trying to bring a Cuban cigar into America. Right. And now, but now you can buy them in America, right? No, I don't think so. No, you can't? I don't think you can buy... No, I mean, you can't buy rum yet. The Havana Club rum or Cuban rum... Hmm. You can't get, and you can't but the, get the cigars. But the, you can um, travel legally now. Yes, but it's still, it's not. There's and it's Goods closed. are still embargoed. Yes, hmm. and there's also, it, it feels a little like it's closing up again a bit in my personal Gee, I opinion. wonder why that yeah, would happen. it seems to be a little hostile. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, That's my growl. So we should say, uh, now we're going to post this episode of the Let's Go Eat Show as quickly as possible because you're, you're doing a free showing of Campesino um on Wednesday, the what is it, the fourteenth, fourteenth, fourteenth of November, which hopefully you are hearing this in mm-hmm. time to go see it at the Utah Museum of Fine Arts on the University of Utah campus. Mm-hmm. It's free, seven o'clock on the fourteenth of November. Um, but if you if you hear this after that, mm-hmm. just watch for it, Campesino. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hopefully it'll be picked up by mm-hmm. someone like. Maybe HBO or mm-hmm. um, you're in you're in you're in good cahoots with a good uh, you're the Utah Film Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're great. They're good people, and they, and a lot of the films that they help promote get picked up by mm-hmm. their, or bought or you know. Right. I, I guess uh, that you you ho- you would hope that would happen. It, w- it would get bought and then seen by more people. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Now it's just getting it getting some momentum of people seeing it, mm-hmm. getting an audience built a little bit through festivals and screenings, like what I'm doing with the museum and film center. And then, yeah, then you hope it gets bought so you can get it out there. It's been seen at this point, Campesino has been seen by where, who? Uh, Montreal World Film Festival and then Portland. And how did, how did it go at those screenings? Uh, it went great. Uh, Montreal was amazing. They were so welcoming. We got a lot of great press, which a lot of kind words, which makes you feel so good. It's such yeah. a long process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. Mm-hmm. You know, gosh, <laughs> you really liked it. Gosh, <laughs> and Portland was great too. You know, and I then, hadn't been to Portland, so that was. Fun. And you're going to try and show it at film festivals as much all over the world, or. Well, I mean, it's that's full time. Um, I will. I want to do maybe a few more, mm-hmm. um, and then I think I have a and just keep my package. And then I have some people that want to see it, so I'm just building up my package to deliver. Want to see it to maybe buy it, yes, and distribute it, yes. And that'd be exciting. Oh, that feels so good. That's like you know, that's the end. That's like 
the end of it. You mm-hmm. know, it's weird. You work on something for so long, then someone buys it and you go, that is no longer mine. What? Yeah, I mean, it is yours. Way. I mean, it is yours. I mean, they then, they sort of own it and distribute it, but right. but it's yours. Right, just the work isn't mine anymore. So then I move on to, you know, another project. Something else you want to do. Yeah. So, Mia, you are, uh, you don't live here in Salt Lake anymore. No, I was born and raised, though. You born here, raised here. Um uh, what? Let's talk a little bit about your your background. You uh, raised here in and went to high school here and all of that, and mm-hmm. wanted to be an actress all always. Or no, I wanted to be a dancer. That was oh, my I did, calling. I did know that you were. Yeah, we had talked about this before when me and I were in a movie together. We sure were. A Trent Harris movie. Mean Bill. I, yeah, or mean Fred. Mean Fred. Mean oh, Fred. Oh man, I got it wrong. Yeah, that's okay. Mean Fred. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, mean Fred. Uh, and I remember you talking about you started out wanting to be a dancer. Did you study mm-hmm. dance at at the at the U? No, I danced um, from first grade on. Uh, my mom was also a dancer. I came from a professional dancer. She was a rocket, a Copa girl, a June Taylor dancer. And so I had loved that world, and uh, she came to me one day casually. She was hardly a backstage mom and just said, do you want to take dance? And I fell in love from that moment on. Did dance all growing up here through Janet Gray and then through Ballet West, Christensen's Academy, up mm-hmm. at the U, mm-hmm. and did Nutcracker, and you know that was my whole world. By the time I went to college, I didn't want to major in dance, because I knew I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that sounds a little rude, but that wasn't going to help me where I wanted to go, which was in professional dance. Um, not as much a company, but I wanted to be a professional dancer. So I moved to L.A. to go after that. Just to go dance in any way, shape, or form you could. Well, Tremaine Dance Center um, offered me a scholarship, and that was a really respected dance studio in Los Angeles. They now do... Um, I think one of the biggest, they were the first of the whole competition circuit um, that is now really big in dance. I didn't do that. but um, So they offered me a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'd gotten offered to go dance on a cruise ship and travel the world or to do Tremaine. And I knew that if I did Tremaine, I would meet the right people to then land an agent and start a career. So, How old were you at this time? Um, 24? Mm-hmm. 23, maybe? Did you go by yourself? Just um, Well, I moved. I kept going to school. I kept going to college around L.A. I was afraid to make the full jump. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when I got offered the scholarship, I bagged out of college my last year and mm-hmm. went after my dream. And uh, and started dancing and dancing mm-hmm. professionally in, in uh, L.A.? Mm-hmm. What kinds of stuff? What would you do? Well, we did music videos were a big deal. Yeah. That dates me a bit. But um, music videos, movies, TV. They still had, well, they brought back dancers for the Academy Awards. That was a big gig to get. Um, you danced at the Academy no, Awards? No, I didn't. No, I no. didn't. I'm just saying that was like yeah. the creme de la creme. You, I actually remember thinking one time like, I could dance at the Academy Awards or I could be an actor and maybe try to get an Academy Award. <laughs> I thought that sounded better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it wasn't quite the environment it is today for dancers. There's so much opportunity with all these TV shows, Mm -hmm. which I champion and love. So, you know, you go from gig to gig. You go to auditions. You Very chorus line, you know. You you stand in a line. Yeah, it was hard. 
It yeah. was hard. Mm-hmm. I became an actor after that, and I remember thinking, like, these auditions are a piece of cake compared to what you have to go through as a dancer. That was really character building. Yeah. So what kind of things did you dance in? Uh, commercials? Commercials, uh, music videos, um, a movie. I did Antonio Banderas did Crazy in Alabama, where it, with Melanie Griffith, it was his directorial debut. So I danced. I was a showgirl in that. Uh-huh. Got to wear Bill Mackey. Bob Mackey. Bob Mackey. Bob Mackey actual costumes, costumes that were yeah. just exquisite. And we filmed in the Roosevelt Hotel when it was closed. Uh-huh. And there was still furniture that they just kind of kind of abandoned it. And there were certain rooms that were thought to be haunted. Mm-hmm. And my friend Julie and I were so busy, like sneaking around this hotel in our costume, our showgirl costumes and finding the ghost ridden rooms that we almost <laughs> missed our call time. <laughs> and now look at the Roosevelt Hotel and it's like the hippest hotel or whatever. But it's like, oh, I loved that like mm-hmm. old classic Hollywood yeah. style of mm-hmm. it. And you, and you, so you dan- and then you decided to be an actor instead of a, d- a dancer. Yes. And, uh, and you got some roles as an actor on TV and in movies. Yeah, I kind of have an interesting story about how I became, how I moved into that. So I, d- I didn't really think about acting. Um, you know, I loved theater, but I didn't do it. And um, my mom, when she was a professional dancer, her roommate was Mary Tyler Moore. And she, Mary... She started out as a dancer. She was a dancer, yeah. yeah. So Mary Tyler Moore got married, and she had some money. And so she was able to take acting lessons. And my mom was a, you know, they called themselves gypsies. She was a dancer that had to go from gig to gig. There was no time to ever take, or money, to ever take an acting class. So she saw the difference in careers that can happen with some opportunity. So she came to me and said, "Um, I will give you six months worth of acting lessons. And I started at the Beverly Hills Playhouse in L.A. and fell in love with, fell in love with it. I mean, it's so fun to tell sto- other people's stories. It's just, it's like playtime. Mm-hmm. But um, that's how it all started. Some great advice from my mom, and it has completely extended my career and and made it helped it evolve into different ways. I'm very thankful. Who was uh, do you? Uh, would we know some of the teachers you had at the Playhouse? Um. Gloria Gifford was a big one. I don't know. She's done. She's an amazing teacher. Um, Jeffrey Tamborn. Oh, I know who that is. Um, mm-hmm. And then Milton Casales was the big lead. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a great time. I mean, I still to this day, you know, I, I anyone who is thinking of acting that doesn't jump in like a major acting school is missing so much because to this day I turn on the TV or I see a movie and it's like, oh, there's Andrea, there's mm-hmm. Joe. You People know? that you, were, yeah. you went to school and with it was and a, worked it with. It was such a community. You're, you're like lost in L.A. as an actor. I mean, like, what's the saying? Like, every waiter's an actor, mm-hmm. you know. But you have a community and you help each other out. And I went to other schools as well. And not only can you fine-tune your craft, which was very important for me, it was weird to be a dancer where you work your whole life to get to a level where you can audition. And then the next day to say, I'm an actor. And that day you can go to an audition. Yeah. You know, it's like. Sure. You could just wake up and say you're an actor. Yeah. yeah. Would you, um, you talked about not, you know, kind of not going to college because you wanted to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. Would you advise that of actors? Like, is there a difference in that world of going to an acting school or versus going to the University of Utah and getting a, associates and a bachelor's and having to do everything else? 
No, I would say do that. Do that to be an actor. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, at that point, I was dancing. And I think it's great for dancers as well. But I, for me, it didn't, it wasn't something I needed to do to get to where I knew I wanted to go. But yeah, I mean, actor, if I could do it again. Actor either. training programs at universities, yes. at good actor training programs at universities are good. Are good. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think that would be an amazing, mm-hmm. and it's just respectable. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the, uh, you know, I mean, I did kind of the same thing, and and a lot of the actors that I see on television now that I went to school with in, in the East mm-hmm. who are, you know, uh, you know, Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek and mm-hmm. uh, Margot Martindale, who's just a fabulous actress who I knew in New York. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's now like on everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, just people that I knew, they went to, uh, you know, university acting yeah. school programs and they're great actors and yeah. they work constantly and, and that's what you did right yeah. you went to yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah no if i if i knew at col if i knew in college that i was going to move into acting i would have definitely done that and, and you did you did pretty well as an actress you you yeah. did some nice stuff you uh, i mean if you've seen no oh brother where art thou you were one of the sirens coming up. that's a gr- i just forgotten what a great scene that is it's not one of the great greatest Coen brothers movies ever done but that there's some really good stuff in it and that's just a great great scene who sang the uh oh gosh the, do you not remember uh, allison krauss was my voice um, <laughs> yeah, it's not you guys singing no but, we're lip singing yeah. Yeah, that's really um, terrific. Oh, I say I it, isn't it a group? It's like the Dixie Chicks or somebody no. like that. No, it's not no, the Dixie Chicks. But Dylan can look it up. But it's a it's a really cool little song. And the, they the, the 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 sirens coming up out of the river and John <laughs> Turturro is just like. <laughs> that was like that was such a great time too because it was the weirdest thing. Like everything that you're kind of told, mm, don't do that. Was that like mm-hmm. I auditioned for that in a motel room? <laughs> really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They had auditions in a motel room with like adjoining rooms and you'd just go in and they would say Beck and the men Mm -hmm. and we would audition. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't have the answer to your question yet, Uh but I typed in, oh brother, where art thou soundtrack? And some people, people also ask, Mm -hmm. um, number two question, Mm -hmm. who are the three sirens in oh brother, where art thou? No. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Number two. That's awesome. Yeah. You know why I think that is? Because the Coen brothers are just so good at casting. And they picked, they didn't pick, you know, your pinup women. Mm-hmm. They picked like real women. And I'm kind of proud of that. Like, interesting. Yeah. Interesting, beguiling women. I think people should get more credit for what is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that was a good casting. I mean, the whole film was filled with amazing characters. Yeah, it's, uh, I, it's, it's kind of an underrated Coen Brothers movie, and maybe not one of their greatest movies, but it's certainly uh, interesting. And, it just and, says uh, Alison Krauss. Well, maybe she wrote the music. Or It's going to come to me tonight, and I'm going to call you. And All right. Like, well, you can Girl. You have my number. <laughs> I know. I'm well texting. <laughs> uh, and uh, what are some of the other things you did as an actress? Um, I got to give birth on ER. Before I was a mother, so once I was a mother, I went back and I was like, Wait, "How was did I do?" Was George Clooney not on ER then? Yeah. No, oh. we bonded bo- oh. about been... that. Yeah, no, he was not. He had left ER mm. when I did that. Mm. Um, Just following George Clooney around. I know. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Are there, is there anything that you're what what's your what's your what were you most proud of that you did as an actress before you started thinking you're gonna you're gonna switch and become an, a director? 
Any one I gotta, thing? Well, I got to go to Oh Brother. It was like, it was just such a beautiful experience. Like we mm-hmm. were taken to Mississippi. They allow you to like live it, you know? So we're like the costumes, you're put in the water, you know? It's like you get to like live this world. And it was my first time on location, which is just, you know, mm-hmm. like heaven. Mm-hmm. Location is like playground. <laughs> Yeah, I can. So see I would that. say I would say that, and mm. then other some smaller stuff that some didn't get released, where I get to dive more into a character. I mean, I definitely love good, strong, mm. crazy characters. Are you still Are you still doing some acting here and there, or is that um, only if asked, or what? if asked, and if it's good? When it started to get to like a lot of mom roles, it's like, ugh. I am a mom. I don't want to act like one. I'm a mom. I don't want to. Yeah, act give like me a mom. like a good drug addict or you know like i want (laughs) something i can chew on yeah you know so it's like no i mean if the right person in the right role i i would love to but i'm or i would want to write something that is that and give it to someone i want to help watch them experience and film it as a director that's what i was thinking like you don't there aren't a lot of moms who are also hollywood writers so i think that's why you don't get Right, you, there are more drug addicts in Hollywood that write. I think, like, I think it would be awesome to have somebody. <laughs> huh? Sure. I mean, I'm stereotyping writers, but like, I think it would be awesome to have somebody write a re- a really good movie about a mom where she's like a three dimensional, kick ass person. I, mm-hmm. hmm, I'm trying to. People th- write. A, I mean, people write about what, what they know. I know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think how you would do that. Well, I mean, there are lots of kick ass, awesome moms. Write about. Mm-hmm. And if you added more of that, those dimensions to the roles, I mean, so many women are moms. And if you added that to any character, it would make it great. I think one reason I got into screenwriting is I was kind of seeing one dimensional writing of characters, mm-hmm. just some of the stuff that I had been given. And I thought, oh, there's so much more here. I'm really into the more in a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've uh, you've kind of branched out. You started screenwriting. Have you had some stuff produced? N- uh, no, I had. Um, I won the Utah Women in Film short contest, and they they were they had talked about producing that, and then it kind of fell by the wayside. But that was really fun because I was that was a great honor. Um, it was called Bird Shit House. Bird Shit House. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's not about a mom, I take it. <laughs> No, 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 but it, yeah, it's about a woman who, um, I don't know, she's either taking a grand step and being bold or she's batshit crazy. You can decide. Um, and then, um, through some hard times I went through, I wrote a screenplay that, um, called good grief. And that's won some awards at film festivals where I've just presented it. Writing's pretty new to me. So I presented it to, you know, um, screenplay contests and you know go to festivals with that I think it's great that you keep do you keep working you keep working I, yeah I love it I mean I'm so energized by it right now it's so there's so much to do it's almost like there's so much to do there's so many stories to be told and I love storytelling so let's talk about how you became a director and have fine, directed a documentary a full feature-length mm-hmm. documentary called Campesino. Mm-hmm. How did that all happen? Oh, just blind ambition. Um, I started making calls. 
I knew that as a first time director that I needed to surround myself with an insane team. And what's refreshing about the documentary world, and the narrative world is this now too, but at that time I didn't know it. They're very open to helping. So you can pick up the phone, call an Oscar winning director and be like, hi, my name is Mia Tate. Here's my idea. What do you think? Can you help me? <laughs> like you can just blindly go after things. And you know, so much of the industry is that if you if you just reach out, like we kind of all want to help each other. And I didn't know that before. <laughs> so I it's know. because everybody was there at one point. Yeah. Like that's like, true. When I was in New when I was in New York, like people were more than willing to be like, No, here's how I got my first job, here's how this happened, that happened. Because they remember being you know, 22 and like, oh shit, what do I do? Yeah. And if you're coming from a place of just a- admiring, admiration and respect, you know, it's right. doors opened. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet amazing filmmakers and get them on my team. So then we packed up and we, my DP is from Cuba. He doesn't speak English and I don't speak Spanish. So we've had a beautiful Google Translate relationship, <laughs> which is very poetic. <laughs> That's funny. And, um, his name is Roberto Chili. He used to be Fidel Castro's personal photographer. Mm. He's the most established. He's very established in uh, Cuba. So I that bet. was great. He's the one that got us our work okay. visas as we were like, should we sneak in with a camera? But I was not. We, I wanted it to be bigger than that. Mm. So I had a bigger crew than that. So this this all started, though, with your your brother-in-law. Yes. Carl uh, Ulrich. Who was his name? Carl Ulrich. So he's he's been taking pictures in Cuba for years, and particularly you were captivated by the pictures of these these campesinos, these mm-hmm. these farmers mm-hmm. that he goes he's been going out into the countryside and taking pictures of these particularly tobacco farmers mostly, mm-hmm. um, and you think so you think I want to go to Cuba and make a movie about these people that he's captured in still photographs. Yes. And also he just uses film. So I had to go through boxes of proof sheets and find the faces whose stories I wanted to go get. He doesn't he doesn't use digital at all. He's moved into it a little bit, but um no, his the base of his art is film. And does he d- develop it himself and do all of that crazy stuff? He did had the dark room and everything and now he's he's like <laughs> uh. <laughs> so he does do it on occasion but he gets a little help as well um and and he's part of the movie and part of the movie is uh, the documentary campesino is actually done here in is it in salt lake mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's in sugar house area and so you're, you're filming it, i mean he's central to the documentary he is and you know i didn't even know that was going to be the case when i started i just knew i wanted the stories behind the faces but Carl was our vehicle, and I found that fascinating, and I wanted to honor the story of how we got where we got, Mm -hmm. and so he just naturally was woven into the story Mm -hmm. and has his own kind of journey in the film. Is he kind of your guide? Yeah, yeah. He's our camera. Yeah, he's the guide for the viewer. And he takes takes the the takes us the the viewers on the journey. Mm-hmm. Exactly, mm-hmm. and his photographs are interwoven, even real time. You know, as he walks by something, you see how what his eyes saw by the photograph he takes right there. Um, when you go to Havana, um, I've heard Havana described as it's like almost sometimes in certain ways, it's like stepping back in time mm-hmm. in, in in America. Is that is that accurate? Oh my God. Like you're, yeah, it's unlike anything. It's the most spectacular chaos 
you've ever seen. So there's these gorgeous buildings that are so colorful, but chipping and, you know, falling to the ground. Um, and within all this rubble that is Havana are the people and the people just can't even be held in these crumbling houses. They're so vibrant. Can't, uh, contradiction is just the word I keep going back to with Cuba. It's full of contradictions and it is. The cars are really those cars that you think. Cars, uh, American-made automobiles mostly mm-hmm. from the 50s and mm-hmm. 60s. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. You don't see. I mean, you probably. Last time I was there, I saw a couple. So I'm sure you see a few more now. But they know that that was their meal ticket. So they have k- taken exquisite care of those cars. They knew that was someday going to be their future. Well, and it's what they had. I mean, yeah. yeah, and you work with what you have. Yeah, I mean, they just kept keep them running because that's what they have. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like filled with Toyota parts. You mm-hmm. know, everything is like, you know, rubber bands keeping things together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything. Let's, let's find a way to go do a podcast down there. Just I'll, do, take, I'd love I'll to, take you. Okay. I'd love to go to Cuba. And it, it, and it's, um, uh, I actually had an opportunity to, to go to Cuba a few couple of three years ago, three or four years ago. And uh, it was, it was killed, it was killed by a, a uh, radio management people who had no foresight. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know what? Don't worry. A lot of people say like, oh, then that door's closed. I didn't mm-hmm. go three to four years ago. I'm kicking myself. There's so much work to be done in Havana mm-hmm. that you're still going to get that piece that's mm-hmm. going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, so, uh, Havana used to be a playground for Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a play. It was the place to go in the fifties, right? Um, and there were uh, there was gambling and uh, prostitution, and it was a place to go party. and mm-hmm. And it was it was a short flight from from the East Coast, and it and it was a place to go party. Is there any vestige of that left? Um, I mean, when when Castro came in, he pretty much, he, he shut all that down. Yeah. That I mean, the music done. scene is still stunning. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I wasn't doing as much. I haven't explored that world as much. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and really get to know the nightlife and the music. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I don't really get playground for, you know, kind of the yeah. rich and famous. I mean, there were, there were resorts there and, and yeah. beautiful beaches and... And, yeah. and and resort places to and go to. And there is that. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> Europeans, that's where they go. The water's supposed to be beautiful. I haven't been to the beach yet. Mm. So mm. that will, I'm sure, grow mm. with, you know, the changes that mm. have happened. Uh, so so you, do, you do that. You go to, you go to Havana. But, uh-huh. then, but then you go into the, into the interior mm-hmm. of the country and, mm-hmm. and, and you go f- visit the farmers. Right. What, tell, tell us about that. So two hours west of Havana is Vignales, and that's where the soil is the best for the Cuban cigars and um, the tobacco leaves, basically. And that is just a town that has not been touched by time. The oxen are walking down the road. Um, how can I explain it? It's just, it's it's gotten some help. I mean, socialism is obviously just... A horrible thing and so much is taken away from people but what is given to people is the poor people out in the country so people have roofs over their head you know floors instead mm-hmm. of dirt um, and so very modest homes um, all kinds of 
buggies and tractors and oxen walking down the street and just the most welcoming community I've ever been a part of. Uh, they they grow they grow the tobacco and they make the cigars uh, there. And how do what's the? Um, they don't necessarily make the cigars there. There's a whole nother that I didn't even get into that part because that then that also gets into this was about the farmers campesino is. Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes into um, other places where they do a lot of rolling and you know work conditions are bad uh-huh. and. But my story was the people who are of the earth. The people who grow the tobacco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that, that whole manufacturing and stuff, yes. that's a different That is a different. Thing. You don't get into that much. No. But you told me a story about so the the old guy who. he Marcello. just Yeah. Or he, he just smokes a tobacco leaf. How yeah. does. Oh, you should see. You'll see. If you come to the movie, you'll see. Um, his hands are just tall just have tar from the tobacco missing kind of part of a finger and as he was showing us how he likes to roll his own cigar to smoke it i was just like drool was like kind of coming it was so beautiful like out of my mouth i was looking at the 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 dp like are you kidding this and he's like and just the tar of his hand i mean their hands are just gnarled and working hands and so yes he will take a leaf they have like 99% they give to the government mm-hmm. and then they have a little bit that mm-hmm. they roll or that they sell in Vignales. And so he just rolls a, 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 a leaf a leaf, and then lights it and smokes it? Yeah, he put a leaf and then he got another leaf, broke it in half, crumpled it up, rolled it, lit it and said, pure, criollo, tobacco, oh. yeah. <sighs> I mean, and it's, it's great. I mean, it's beautiful. And it's... It, uh, it, it, but and he, they absorb that stuff mm-hmm. in through their skin too. Mm-hmm. It's uh, what what's the cancer rate? I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the next documentary. No, <laughs> it could I, be a documentary. I guess. Well, except I mean there, there's no there's nothing else except the tobacco leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it is pure. Yeah, it's really, the tobacco that gives you cancer. right. It's all the it's other stuff. So all that other tar and yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a healthy these. My my love in Cuba is Modesto. He's now a hundred, a tobacco farmer. Um, I was telling you about him. He's mm-hmm. the one that ever since he's kind of my. I would say he's my star. He, it's his photo that really. It's this guy on the back of yeah, your car his, here. Yeah, with his Yosemite Sam mustache. Uh huh. Uh yeah. Ever since the film, he is kind of famous in town, and he will write me. He Let would me write see. me little letters, and he would sign them. What was uh, Barlin Mirando. Barlin <laughs> Mirando? Barlin, Barlin Mirando. Barlin Mirando. <laughs> yes. You're, you're Barlin Mirando. Oh, I love you, Modesto. <laughs> and he's 100 years old? Yes. I have him part of his little shrine, and we have quite a connection. Mm. So I'm taking the film back, and I'm hurrying. I need, I need Modesto to see this film. Mm. Um, there's a picture on the front here of this guy, the, these hands, and uh, he's got this rope. Tell me about the picture. So that's one of Carl's photos. Um, and again, I'm so drawn to hands in Vignales. So that's, a, that's you know, a campesino on his horse with a cigar. Oh, he's on a horse there. Yeah, that's, uh, what, the rope, see, that's what the rope is right there. Yeah. And then he's got his hand-rolled cigar. Oh, I see the cigar in his fingers, yeah. Man, these guys are, uh, uh, are they... Uh, are they tough guys or are they just really kind of sweet guys or what are they like? I mean, they're, they're tough, um, but they're vulnerable and they're, 
open and they're hilarious and insightful. I mean, they're so, oh, they, I kind of changed my whole life after doing this. I got so much from them, but they are just open, generous um, people with a lot of grit and a lot of heart. What do they do for fun? Drink they rum. They drink rum. They work hard and then drink rum. Yeah, we go. There's some dancing in the square we go to. Uh, we went to. They, yeah, working is also part of their identity. So they work really hard, but then they they live. Um, they eat meals together. Mm-hmm. They What's the food like? Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Because it's farm to table, you mm-hmm. know, even though that's such a popular trendy thing right now, but it really is like, that's where I learned to like dark meat, dark meat on chicken, you know, mm-hmm. like I was like, this is what it's supposed to taste like. And <laughs> fruit, you know, you get your breakfast that costs $4 that the house, I always stay in houses with my Cuba family there, Nieve's house. And, um, you get this, like all this fruit, um, a fruit slushy eggs, meat, cheese, it's four dollars, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Mm. So they eat the food. I always feel so good with the food there. What kind of uh, now they live pretty far deep in the uh, deep in the country? Do they have modern conveniences? Do they have TV and that kind of stuff? Yeah, some have TV. Juan, who is Carl's best friend, and the guide who introduced Carl to all the campesinos, he has TV. Someone like Modesto? No way. He lives internet. In a- no cell phones well one one time we went there it was so great because Juan's son Yandi had rigged an antenna on his roof so he could get internet so I could call my family but that was only one of the three times so Mm -hmm. the next time it's like I'll call you guys and it was like nope nope not even emailing no no more no more (laughs) busted the antenna's down sorry (laughs) they found out yeah (laughs) they found out not supposed to be doing that yeah. yeah no no I mean even when we arrive people come to check they're watching. The government doesn't mm. doesn't. The want, government watches. The government doesn't want them to have too much information. Yeah, I mean, hmm. yeah. There's no internet. There's no. Mo- there's not movies. There's. It's. It's very different. Yeah, the no. government has, of course, has a very strong hold on no. what they see. It's uh, who's. Uh, oh, is it Raul? it's not. Is this? Is it still a Castro? Is it Raul. still Raul? Uh-huh. Huh. Uh Yeah. Well. Um, so it's kind Never of... Never mind, s- I don't want to go there anymore. Yeah. No, it'll be, oh, it would be fun. Oh, because of internet? Come on. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, uh, what? Step I can't away. watch YouTube? Step away from YouTube. Um, it's called Campesino. You can see it for free uh, if you are listening to this uh, before the before 7 p.m. on the 14th of November for free at the University of Utah U- uh, Museum of Fine Arts. Utah Museum of Fine Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, about a 250-seat uh, venue, so it's first come, first served. Um, get there early, before 7 o'clock. And um, uh, it's uh, sponsored uh, partially by, the, or I guess presented by the Utah Film Center mm-hmm. here in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mia, what are you doing now? What are you going to do? You're going to show this at some more film festivals, but uh, y- you got another project? I do. I have uh, two other projects that are just at the beginning. Right now I'm kind of riding the wave of this uh, with film festivals, but um, they're both in television, which is kind of new to me. I did it as an actor, but in production, I haven't done that side. One is a docu-series that I first pitched 12 years ago to the Food Network, 
and it was on hold for 30 days as possible programming. And then they passed on it, and it's somehow reemerged. So um, I'm really excited, and we may have some pretty cool backing in, that would just help immensely on that. <laughs> and that would be a lot of um, storytelling, finding stories, different countries. Mm. Um, it has to do with some farming stuff, too, which I'm obviously very intru- into, mm-hmm. people who use their hands. And, um, and then another one that I'm writing uh, with some with a partner and I've had some help on that is um, episodic a really dark kind of um, new version of a very old tale okay that's all I can write well will you stay in touch yes and 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 let us know what's happening absolutely because you don't live here anymore you live in Idaho Sun Valley yeah yeah but you'll but you'll stay in touch and be around and Mm -hmm. and you'll say hey Bill I got this thing going you want to know about it absolutely okay Absolutely. I love coming in town. I'm actually here a lot. I still, especially with the kind of um, all the support we're getting here, mm-hmm. I, I still, I, because I was also born and raised here, I feel like this is home. You still have family here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both my brothers are here. Yeah. And my husband, his whole family is here. So, yeah, this is this is home. Well, it's you're, great. You're the star of the movie, the one of the stars yeah. of the movie, your brother-in-law is here. Yeah, he's here. Yeah. Okay. So, this is home. But... So is my farm out in Sun Valley. A farm in Sun Valley. How idyllic. (laughs) Who would have thunk? City girls got cows. Not cows. Goats, chickens, and horses. Is your husband a farmer now? Um, Yes. Yeah. I guess, yeah, ranchers. We're not really farming anything, but we just keep getting more animals. Mm -mm. That's mostly me. He put on on the overalls every day and go (laughs) out. He did buy some overalls. I was like, "Mm, too far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I still feel like we're playing a little bit. It's like... It's amazing. I live at a petting zoo. It's a dream come true. Well, it's, okay. well that's nice. It I'm, is. I'm glad you can do it. It's <laughs> it's a nice thing. It's it's. I think you found your place, and uh, you can write scripts and and do mm-hmm. television projects and travel and mm-hmm. and then go back to the farm and then go back to the farm to the ranch. Yeah, it's nice to see you. It's good to see you. It's uh, uh, Mia Tate. Uh, the movie is Campesino. I hope you get a chance to see it at the Utah Museum of Fine Arts. But but if not, if not. Just watch for it. Campesino. Yes. We have Instagram, Campesino the movie. It's also, there's a Facebook page. So any kind of other screenings we'll put up on those platforms and hopefully come back, do some more screenings or have it in theaters here. All right. Um, I think that's it. Thank you. That's it. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Dylan, for uh, running the the show here. And uh, thanks, everybody. And uh, uh, that's all I got to say except for one thing. Remember... If you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double. Really put your heart into that one. I know. I felt it. Well, That's I, the actor in him. I was, I, it was just, we haven't done an episode for a while, and I'm just. You forgot what it I was. I was trying to remember. The, what yeah. I, I'm just, do I have to read a sponsor or anything? Not right now. Later. Okay. I'll do it later. Yep. Okay. Okay.